This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Michelle McQuig and Joita Gupta. Let's get into the next topic. British Columbia and Ontario are making Holocaust education for high schoolers mandatory starting in the 2025 school year. BC Premier David Eby explains the policy. We know how threats and hate can accelerate into violent acts and into horrific outcomes. We must ensure that the same horrors are not repeated. When we say never again in relation to the Holocaust, we mean it. Michelle, why did you want to explore history and education in Canada in the context of these stories, these two policies, and broader world events? Well, I I won't recap all the world events that have got me thinking about this kind of thing. I'm sure we can all uh, make some inferences there. Uh, We've been hearing about a, a lot about... Uh, Nazi rhetoric in the context of the Ukraine war, uh, both here and and historically in Ukraine. And then, of course, that's the line of reason that Russia has been using for this invasion. And in the Middle East, uh, the the, the complexities there uh, would take up the entire show to to keep repeating. So I will not. But we have, since this conflict broke out a few weeks ago, seen a massive, massive spike in anti-Semitic incidents, some truly terrifying ones abroad. Uh, We've also seen some growing Islamophobia. And this has had me thinking about what kind of lessons were we taught in high school Mm. for me Mm -hmm. or or at any point in our education, because I think this will, this does play a role in shaping the attitudes of adults. I, I know for sure had a fair bit of Holocaust education and, and oppression education around the, the oppression of Jews. I had a teacher who uh, fled the Hungarian revolution in 1956. Um, largely on religious grounds. And she shared that story with the class and that kind of thing was incredibly powerful for me. And I never forgot about that sort of thing Um, to the point actually where I was a bit surprised to learn that Holocaust education was not actually mandatory Mm -hmm. and that this policy was was being brought in because I I did grow up with a certain amount of that, uh, but obviously many, many, many other people are not. And I can't help but wonder what kind of factor that would have been uh, had some of those historical facts been made more broadly had been more broadly known even though i thought they were yeah so michelle i'm in a similar boat to you i i I thought holocaust education was already fairly mandatory and fairly standard in a lot of canadian high schools but then i had to zoom out a little bit and remember that i am from english montreal and the fabric of english montreal is so connected to the jewish community that helped build the fabric of that city so absolutely so so I, i i then started to try to remember wait how much of this was sort of colloquial learning versus structured learning and then i thought to myself wow maybe Maybe the actual high school history classes, specifically in grade 10, really left out a lot of sort of the real 
horrific atrocities that went along with the Holocaust. And I've also mentioned this before in regards to Truth and Reconciliation, how many modules of grade 10 Canadian history were spent on what Iroquois people ate in 1450 rather than the horrible impact of colonialism. And it got me thinking, generally speaking, especially later on in high school, grade 10 or grade 11, or I suppose in Ontario, as you guys get to grade 12 or other provinces get to grade 12, how kind of vanilla a lot of history is and how un, and how unwilling these these schools are to teach about atrocities so i would say yeah. it would be woeful in the way that canadian curriculum teaches about historical atrocities but that's just mm -hmm. my personal evaluation juita what's yours well, I think um, there's actually a lot of survey data that indicates that Canadians are woefully ignorant about the Holocaust. In one poll in 2019, it was found that only 58% of Canadians had realized or knew that Canada fought the Nazis during the Second World War. That's uh, and the younger wow. that the and the younger the respondent was, the less likely they were to know. Go back a year before that, in 2018, they had another poll where in only one out of five youth surveyed had uh, an inkling of the the details around the Holocaust, and only two thirds understood how many Jews had been murdered. Uh, but many had even so greatly underestimated the numbers. So when you look at the data that clearly shows that as the Holocaust and the events of the Second World War recede further into history, we know less and less about them. And it's not just the Holocaust where we have this deficit. I think there's a very there was a very high profile case of the speaker inviting um, a Ukrainian war veteran um, to be acknowledged in the House. You know, he lost his seat over it, as we know, and he lost his his position as speaker over it. And not one person, not one MP, stood up and made the connection and said, "Hang on a second. Yeah. If you were yeah. fighting Russia during the Second World War." Your chances you chances are you're fighting Nazi. with the Nazi. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that goes to show you this is a high-profile incident that caused national embarrassment. It just goes to show you we are not clued in. And I think it's, um, you know, that, that clip that we played off the top is really instructive that those words never again are very important because his, this education about the Holocaust and other atrocities of a similar scale teach students and teach young people two things. One, that these things happen but also that they, it is possible for these things to happen again. And so it's not just about learning the, the the historic record, but it's also about putting us on notice and putting us on guard, um, especially as weapons become more destructive and we have greater technologies around surveillance and, and combat that they're wiping out large populations of people, the genocides and th and things of a truly horrific nature are indeed possible. But if yeah. we don't teach history, then we are I, bound to make the same mistakes again. And again. Michelle? I, can I can I just a very quick addendum to this? The phrase never again. I'm all uh, many, many, many Jewish people I know are saying that was obviously a lie. They don't believe that anymore and they feel that it is happening again right now. So mm -hmm. even now, in light of the current context, that, that kind of motto is now ringing empty to the people it's meant to reassure. How do you think we ended up here? Joita, you, you shared those stats, and thank you for doing that, because those are very illustrative mm -hmm. of where the situation is. And certainly there are a lot of movements uh, in education right now about not making students uncomfortable. And I can maybe understand this from an elementary school perspective, like how much you want to share about World War II or overall global conflict or atrocities, you know, when someone is 
those under the age of 13, 14. But Michelle, I'm at this point where I think we need to start treating 15, 16, 17-year-old high school students as people who can capably understand there are atrocities in the world. There's a responsible way to teach people about atrocities, but at this point, I think you have to. I think you have to be doing courses about the Holocaust. I think you have to be doing uh, courses about the Rwandan genocide. I think you have to be. Mm, do I think yeah. you have to be teaching students about the complexity of what's going on in Israel and Gaza and Palestine and the broader Arab-Israeli conflict. I, I think that we're at this point where there needs to be a complete rethinking of the history courses that we're teaching people that is now treating 16-year-olds like the worldly people the internet has turned them into. I completely agree with you. And especially when we have had conversations on this panel, there are schools of thought that the vote should be lowered to people in that sort of age bracket of 16 and beyond. And I know everyone on this panel said, yeah, bring it on. People do care. They are engaged. They are absolutely capable of learning this stuff. And I'm, I would argue that many want to. As a teen, I know I would have greatly enjoyed being treated like an adult in any educational context that I was in. And those are great examples that you mentioned. And I would add, there's so many other closer oh, to home yeah, that I, yeah. I never learned about. You know, the China, the, the head tax on, on people coming to Canada for, who are from China, Japanese internment, uh, recommendations from the TRC are almost contingent on the educational curriculum being overhauled to include some discussion of residential schools. There are so many things that require, uh, demand a lot of deep diving. And given the the, the vast, of misinformation that's out there on the internet mm -hmm. they have to get it from a more credible source and that that school would be the obvious place to start there for me yeah Juita, understanding that it would be a battle because there are mm -hmm. people who would say oh our children are sacred and they have virgin ears and they can't hear these things mm -hmm. i'm at i'm really at this point where i think again understanding there's an age limit on this i don't want people in mm -hmm. pre-k you know being shown schindler's list i don't i don't think that's going to be yeah. offering any kind of educational merit but mm -hmm. i do think that the really at this point in latter high school education grade 9 10 11 12 so that's high school in ontario it's the latter mm -hmm. half of high school in quebec i think there really needs to be a concerted effort here on being willing to appropriately and sensitively teaching young people about real history and contemporary history and historical atrocities, colonialism, residential schools, genocides. People need to learn about this stuff and it can't yeah. and they can't depend on Wikipedia for it. Yeah. yeah, no one would no one would disagree with you. Uh, and, oh, but there I think are people. No, there, there there are plenty of parents who do. Alberta uh, is active, Alberta is actively working against scrapping any mention of reconciliation and residential schools in their high schools. Yeah, and I mean the the reason that they're you know the, in theory no one would disagree with you. Like if you were to say to a parent, do you want your child to have a full rounded, well rounded education that covers, you know, the good and the bad in history? They'll say, yes, bring it on. But when you get into the particulars, that's when people start to get really upset because the things that we're talking about that happened 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago continue to have a bearing on us today. And so that's where it becomes really complicated. Uh, when you think about, you know, talking about the treatment of indigenous people, uh, you talk about the 60s scoop, uh, or you talk about even going further back in history about uh, colonialism in Canada, you, it's impossible to have that conversation without the treatment, without also acknowledging the, the treatment of indigenous people today. And that's where people start to get uh, worried about it. And then there's also questions about, well, do we talk about this, but not that? Because there are in the 20th century, four major genocides. And 
I'm sorry to have to confess my ignorance on or profess my ignorance on national television, but the reality is there's the the Holocaust to which I think you know that that I feel I'm re- relatively well informed on, and most people would be probably well informed on vis-a-vis the others, which are the the Cambodian genocide, the Armenian genocide, mm-hmm. and the Rwandan genocide. And if we have yeah. so little, yeah. so widespread ignorance about the Holocaust as we've outlined, then what about the others? How do you talk about them? When do you talk about them? What is the right way to talk about them? I think these are the questions that divide us more than anyone actually turning around and saying, no, we shouldn't talk about them at all. I think we've come, we've, we have in many places and in many spaces gotten past the point where people are saying we shouldn't talk about this they will say acknowledge that okay but in high school maybe it's a time to start having those conversations but the nitty-gritties is where i think a lot of the fraction a lot of the discontent continues to simmer i almost wonder if it's creating a second history class i almost wonder if it's saying there's going to be just your standard canadian history class that we've all admitted is a little bit woeful but i'm sure people still want to make sure their kids know who john a mcdonald was i would argue maybe it's time to teach them who john a mcdonald actually was uh <laughs> but maybe there's also a sort of a second history class or a second module you split the year into two that's more of a human rights oriented history class right mm-hmm. so it ends up being very focused because you're right Juita. if you want to start talking about every historical atrocity uh, over the course of the last five thousand years of human civilization that's going to be that's going to be a busy busy time but but you're right to identify that there need to be some very particular choices and i would argue because that there is a strong canadian connection to the rwandan genocide that that one might make quite a bit of sense and maybe there's mm-hmm. a, maybe the armenian genocide you're tacking that on a little bit to some world war one conversations like like, yeah. like there's a way mm-hmm. to do this that isn't maybe entire modules on the armenian genocide but saying right. we're going to make sure we're taking a day or two of class to acknowledge and talk about this mm-hmm. what i would love to see would be a whole separate course uh, sort of a world issues tied to history course where you yes. dive into the history and then you apply it to a context that's happening today yes uh, so, you know so you learn about the holocaust then you examine the, the current conflict in the middle east for instance i would love to see that kind of thing where you combine the two and weave some media literacy and, and critical thinking training and along with this historical study because this is going to be a huge part of this moving forward is sorting out the fact from the fiction the misinformation from the real details yeah i think i think those things go hand in hand when you talk about teaching history these days I hope you're planning a sabbatical, Michelle, because you're taking a year off from your usual job. This might be a really, they should just deputize you to the uh, provincial government in Ontario to design a curriculum because you really took it out of, uh, you took the words from my mouth. I think what we need is a historic geopolitical class. Yeah. Um, and the media, the media literacy component is really powerful. And not just to talk about world conflicts, but also to talk about slavery, to talk about uh, mm, yeah. uh, you know colonialism and trying to make connections between those things. Um, I think that a class like that, even if you don't end up becoming a student of history or politics down the road, it does give you a better sense of our place in the world and, you know, how we come to be who we are and, you know, the space that we occupy. So it'll be really powerful. Michelle, that's your next big project. (laughs) And and can I add that everyone should take the civics class that I took in grade nine with uh, Dr. Maurice Durocher, who taught us all about how Canadian government works and how uh, the economy works more broadly at a macroeconomic level. Let's uh, Mm -hmm. get Dr. 
de Rocher to uh, do a national course as well. Uh, Cheers, let, yeah. Let's, let's leave that there because I do want a couple of minutes, if only to get my uh, wordplay in in the next intro for our next topic because <laughs> it, it's going to beg the question after the break, the obligation that artists have in fighting the rising cost of entertainment. Taylor Swift is putting on a show in Vancouver. Tickets are not cheap, but it's not just limited. To Taylor Swift. Concert tickets are out of control. The cost of entertainment is out of control. A little bit of inflation talk after the break on the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.